Welcome to Welcome. the Mystery Files. Welcome to... I'm Logan. Oh, I'm Tiffany. And this is the Mystery Files. This is the Mystery Files. What's up? What's new? What's rocking? What's popping? With you. Tiffany? Yeah. What are you going to say to me, Logan? I don't like when you look at me like that. <laughs> what are you going to say to me? Would you ever help me hide a dead body? <laughs> I mean, in theory, yes. It yeah? First, it depends whose body it was. Depends how big the body is. Uh, I'm a weak... Like, average size body. Okay. Like five foot nine, maybe. But like, if I like the person, then no. But also, like. But if not, if we had a little, you'd help me. We had a little fight, you know. I don't know. You and I would have a fight, or I had a fight with them. If I had a fight with the person. Oh, if you didn't like them. If I like them, if I like them, I would mm. not help you, and I'd report you to the police. <laughs> Respectfully. You would report me to the police. I'd never report you to the police. <laughs> you honestly, I would hope you'd report me to the police. Mm-hmm. You better be reporting me, love. Why? Because. Honestly, I thought you had unconditional love for me. Now I'm realizing you don't. I, I have conditional love within reason. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on boundaries. Thanks, therapy. <laughs> Is conditional love bad? Even for me, your long-term creative uh, chaotic partner, you would send me to jail. Uh, sometimes you do deserve, you know, you deserve a little bit of jail. Who are you going to do the show with? You're gonna do the the a podcast about me, like I can just act like I'm talking to you. I feel like it'll just be, you know. You're gonna write a book called like Living with Logan. <laughs> Living without Logan. <laughs> Easy. That, no, that's the last chapter. <laughs> Living without Logan. A life without Logan. <laughs> the longing. You're gonna be the one who's gonna murder me and then cover it up, and then you're I gonna do it on the we mystery miss files. Logan so much, mm-hmm. man. It's really hard. Mm. <laughs> you and I are actually both planning to kill each other just about who's gonna get to it first and then talk about it on our show i've watched a lot of true crime documentaries so i've been thinking you better watch your back so you know? have i well no i'm a liar and watch i've watched true crime and like all my youtube really. recommended i've been watching this girl named kendall ray she's got all that true crime really yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you should be watching the mystery files you know who should be watching the mystery files our audience you out there well i guess you're, that's what you're if doing you're already here keep staying yeah. we like you you're pretty stinking cool <laughs> if you haven't already please support us at the mystery files underscore on instagram yes. and we've been really popping off on our tiktok on lately our TikTok, at the us. mystery files podcast podcast i found out that there yeah. is a person who has the mystery files tiktok candle <gasps> and um no they're kind of eating us up unfortunately whoa so. whoa 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 they are i'm gonna be looking bit. into them a little bit to see what the whole situation is because either we can become besties or we can become enemies like alliance or fight yeah let us One know let us know yeah because we both know how we feel about the other mystery files that's on youtube with the, the children australian one the aussies the kiwis the kiwis the children <laughs> the australian children we're better we're better come on come on anyways hey. uh we talked last week, episode, that was episode 59, I right? Know. I didn't even look. It's crazy. Hey, stunning. Um, and we talked about the clown sightings of 2016. We did. It was fun. Ooh. We were clowning. We were having a good old time. Mm-hmm. And I was very freaked out after, so thanks for that. Wait, were you actually? Yeah. And like, actually? I, yeah, and then I went to that thrift store. I went to a thrift store a couple days later, and I saw all these clown figurines, <laughs> and I kept sending... I sent videos to Logan, because I was so freaked out. There were so Wait, many did? of them. On, on what's it called? Snapchat. I don't think I saw those. I think you probably thought it was a streak, so you just went, nope. Because uh- <laughs> he sent me a streak back. I'm like, you don't even care about the clowns, but whatever. So I'll show you after, when you're actually paying attention okay, to what I'm sending you. Okay, maybe I just forgot, you. also. Mm-hmm. You never know. <laughs> I think you just went, streak, sure. 
I'm more than a streak, Logan. <laughs> I'm more than a streak. But yeah, the clown episode was fun. Uh, I'm a little scared more of clowns, so thank you. Yeah. 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 My, uh, my roommates were saying that they uh, were talking about the clown incident, like, too. Oh. So maybe, like, I kind of, like, felt something was in the air of people talking yeah. about it. So. You felt that shift. You said, I yeah. gotcha. Also, yeah, very fun episode. A lot of yeah, fun clips. Yeah, it was from very it too. fun. We enjoyed it a lot. We still got more posts to do on that one too, which is yeah. Super you fun. Be, you you just wait. We got some fun mm-hmm. little things for you guys prepared. So you, you guys need to check out the Mystery Files podcast TikTok <laughs> as well for my Mothman tribute. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this thing is so funny and horrifying, and it's exactly what you'd expect from Logan. So who should I do next? The Jersey Devil. What's well, actually cute. Bigfoot? <gasps> no, wait. No, you should do the Jersey Devil for Valentine's Day. <gasps> Because I feel like there's a little bit of red with the Jersey Devil, so like yeah, it's kind yeah, of a yeah. vibe. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, you're welcome. This is basically the Valentine's Day episode, I know. Right? I have a little is red blanket. Is it actually? Well, I don't know if it's coming out on Valentine's Day, but after oh. at least. So we'll have a little red blanket Aww. on me so I can I can give the vibes for you. Yeah. But yeah. But I'm excited to get into what <gasps> we're doing moon. today. Luna, you going to come up for the show? Oh, hi, baby. I have a kitty cat, and she's thinking about coming up. Oh. 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 Just give me a side eye. No? Okay. Can you hear that bell ringing? Can you hear that bell ring? She's gonna vibe. But, yeah, I'm excited for this week's episode. It's definitely something that we've talked about in a couple different episodes, and you'll recognize it as soon as we start talking about it. Everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. And it's also a return of something we've already covered. Ooh. A little bit. Wait, like, on the podcast or on the radio show? Or was it, like, a part of a Tales? Can I know at least that before Mm -hmm. you say? I don't want to give too much away because okay. it's very specific, and if I tell you, then you're gonna know. Okay, 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 okay. okay. I'll, I'll drum roll it out then. Okay. <gasps> this week on Z Mystery Files, we will be covering the Warren Files presents the Amityville Horror. Okay. The Amityville Horror. So, for those of you who don't know, um, I would say about ten episodes ago, because it was episode fifty, and I just realized. When I was doing this episode, oh, right, episode right, right. fifty, we started a little spinoff called the Warren Files, where we cover different episodes or different mm-hmm. mysteries, hauntings that the Warren couple has investigated. Is this part of the Warren Files? Yes, yeah, so this, this is, is one. Of, this Ooh, is one of the files that they had actually part covered. Two, yeah, kind so of. not part, part two, two, but like it's like the episode two yeah. kind of that. Okay, so all of you people Ooh. out there who love the paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren are gonna love this case. So yeah, Amityville Horror, we've definitely talked about it in the Haunted Films episode. It was briefly brought up in, um, what was it? In the, obviously the Warren episode, but mm-hmm. yeah, so. No, we've talked like about a, it a lot. This is like a full in-depth case. Yeah, so, I've actually seen this movie. Yay, too. which one? The older or the new one? I don't know, whichever one you showed me. The one from 2005? Maybe, I think so. Probably the 2005 one. Yeah. There's one from like the 70s as well. That one is actually very, very creepy, like, to the point that I'm like, I don't like watching this, because I feel like stuff that was shot in the 70s just looks scarier, and it makes me feel like I'm there. It Mm -hmm. freaks me out. But I like the 2005 one, even though it doesn't got good reviews, but I love it. (laughs) Review for me, 10 out of 10. Exactly. I'm excited to get into this, so let's roll into the little intro. So, this episode is part of the spinoff series called The Warren Files, based on several horror films inspired by real-life events and cases that were investigated by the husband and wife paranormal team of Ed and Lorraine Warren. In this spinoff, we'll be going through the true hauntings behind these films. Be sure to check out the first episode of the spinoff, where we covered the first Conjuring film and the story of the haunting of the Perrin family. But without further ado, today I am so excited to get into the famous case of the Amityville Horror. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Amityville. Bum, bum. 
Amityville. Even this name sends chills up my spine. Is that a part of the script, or did you just? Like... I just made it up, but I kind of, I kind of revived them. No, but here we go. That's because the sleepy suburb on Long Island, New York, was the site of what may be the world's most famous haunting. In 1975, a family of five moved into their dream home, a six-bedroom Dutch colonial at a 112 Ocean Avenue, named High Hopes. Knowing that the house had been the scene of a grisly mass murder just years before, the family was immediately besieged by dreadful apparitions, bubbling green slime, red-eyed pig heads, levitating beds, and sinister cries to get out. 28 days later, that exactly is what they did, abandoning all their possessions and telling their terrifying story to anyone who would listen. I'm so, sorry, did you say pig heads? Pig heads. What? Demonic pig heads. Like, wild, like, wait. Like, they like, saw, like, th- like there's, in demonology, there's, like, different yeah. figures, and there's, like, a demon. Are they saying it's, a- like, it was, like, a, a jacked man with, like, a pig head no, kind of vibe? they just saw a pig head in the darkness, staring back at them. Like a dead pig? A scary demonic pig. Oh my god. Like, I think they said as a red eyes. I don't know. Red, yeah, red eyed pig yeah, head. Just like demonic. Yeah. Down. So like, imagine in the blackness, you don't mm-hmm. see anything except a little pig head with red eyes. And it's, <gasps> it's a demonic, creepy looking thing. Oh, so it's not even like you see the whole body. It's just like no, one of those night terror imagine demons. Imagine you just, that's all you can see. That's all you can make out. Mm-mm. It's a creepy little demonic head. So, my dad saw wild pig ones. Like, well, not, not a wild, wait, not a wild pig. A, a dead wild pig. Uh, a ghost. Is worse. It was a ghost. It was a ghost he, wild pig. No, he did not. Did he actually? Yes, he did. A ghost of a pig? Yeah, like a ghost of a pig. So he saw a demon. Great. Basically. Where? Where? Gettysburg. I was just going to ask you <laughs> Gettysburg. That makes a lot of sense. And you better get on that Gettysburg episode, because I keep wanting to we know will. more. We just will. saying, just saying. So, There's so many things we could do with Gettysburg. Yeah, so. but I'm ew, not a red-eyed pig there. Mm-hmm. Heck no. <laughs> but the book called the Amityville Horror a True Story was published in 1977 and shot to the top of the bestseller list. Hollywood bought the rights and released the Amityville Horror movie in 1979. So that's like the older creepy one that like I don't like watching because it really freaks me out when I'm by myself. <laughs> um, so despite tepid reviews, it grew into a franchise of at least 17 official movies to date and hundreds of Amityville copycats, all based on a true story. Mm-hmm. But how much of the Amityville horror story is fact and how much is fiction? Or was the world's most famous haunting nothing more than an amateurist hoax? So Robert Bartholomew certainly thinks so. Bartholomew is a sociologist in New Zealand specializing in mass hysteria. A mass hysteria, like we talked about last week. Oh my week. gosh! Look, everything connects. It everything connects. It's all. What's that sound? It's all connected on TikTok. It's all. I everything is know. all connected. I'm gonna show you the sound after. Man, we're not on the same side as TikTok. What the heck? So this guy specializes in mass hysteria, and amazed that nearly 50 years after the alleged haunting, we're still talking about Amityville. This Amityville myth persists in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary, says Bartholomew. It's starkly obvious that it's a hoax, but people still want to believe. So this is like one guy's opinion that, like, this is basically a hoax. Yeah. So now we're going to get into, like, the real horror story. So, like, this house Ooh. had some murders that happened before all the haunting stuff happened. So we're going to talk about the DeFeo murders now. Where does this fit into the um the parent family, like, timeline? Where are um, we at here? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to look up dates after this because I'm actually not sure oh. what the timeline is. But this is 19... 19- Watch the first case goes, the parent family. The parent family. 
But this is the real horror story of the DeFeo murders. These people also lived in the Amityville house, for context. Okay. So, one indisputable piece of the Amityville story is truly horrific. Early on the morning of November 13th, 1974. So, this is 1974. We're starting off here. Oh, great. The 70s. Yeah. Great. Yeah. A 23-year-old auto mechanic named Ronald DeFeo took a high-powered rifle and killed all six members of his family, two parents and four siblings, as they lay drugged in their beds. After seeking help at a nearby bar hours following this killings, he initially claimed his family was dead at the hands of the mob. So, like, this guy, like, murdered his entire family and then went to a bar... And then oh was like, God. yeah, they were killed by a mob. Like, basically like, his story was they were killed by the mob. Did he go to, like, the bar and, like, report it? Or he was just, like, talking about it? I feel like, like I've heard a... two different variations of this story. That, like, he's drunkenly talked to people about it at the bar and said they were killed by the mob. Like, them not knowing they were actively dead in the house. Yeah. And then, like, afterwards, there's also people have said, like, he didn't say that at the bar. But he did go to the bar right after he killed the people. Like, oh, his okay. family. But, but they're not sure, like, which one is true, because it's all, yeah. like, he said, she said, they yeah. said, like... But, like, either way, he was at a bar right after this happened, and regardless, in the timeline, he still claimed that, like, it was the mob that had killed his family. Um, he eventually recanted the story and confessed he was responsible for the slayings. So, he said, once I started, I just couldn't stop, Ronald recalled about the shootings. Whoa. It went so fast. So, like, he switches up his story real quick and confesses. Um, DeFeo's six-week trial in the fall of 1975 introduced a defense that may have helped turn the cold-blooded slangs into what became an even more infamous story. DeFeo's court-appointed attorney, William Weber, claimed his client heard demons in his head who commanded him to murder his loved ones as they slept in the Dutch colonial home at 112 Ocean Avenue. So, he eventually says, yes, I did this, but his entire take on it was that demons told him to do it right and that's like yeah. a part of the like amityville like like horror like, like yeah. that's in the movie too mm-hmm. like the whole uh psychosis thing yeah that's what they do in the shining also like yeah the delusion and the spiraling mm-hmm. like kind stuff's of thing. just like in your brain making that's you crazy crazy so like that's his sort of thing like the devil yeah. made me do it sort of vibe so like right um were they in that case like mm-hmm. i guess maybe you're about to get into it yeah. like were they trying to like plead insanity Um, it's not really insanity. It's more of that, like, the demons made him do it. And as far as, like, the idea of, like, the devil made me do it, there's, like, different documentaries. I think some also, like, within the Conjuring universe as well. Mm -hmm. But this story in particular, like, this is one of the first instances where they use the idea the devil made me do it. But Mm -hmm. many scoffed at the insanity defense. That's why, like, this whole different angle of it might have been a success for them. So, multiple people who knew Ronald at the time told the New York Times the problem wasn't evil spirits, but rather the defendant's issues with drugs and alcohol. So, they're like, okay, this guy's telling some, like, crazy story. Mm -hmm. Like, he's has all these different issues with drugs and alcohol. So, like, that's the issue here. Not that this insanity thing he's trying to play right now. Yeah. So... Jurors also weren't swayed by the claims and didn't buy the devil made me do it defense, and they convicted him on six counts of second degree murder. He was sentenced to spend up to life behind bars. Wow. Yeah, life behind bars, which, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but I just learned this like within the last year that a life sentence isn't actually like a life. No, yeah, it's not. It's It's like like, 25 years. Yeah. That, that makes me so mad. I'm like, put them there until they die. 
Yeah. That's what a life sentence is to me. Yeah. That oh, that's just Yeah, no, it's the, it's like it's, it's like 25 a, years or something. Yeah, it's always like depending on yeah, it's like a, a lifespan. Mhm. I'm yeah. like, "Oh no, to keep them there until they're dead." That's my <laughs> humble opinion. But That's what you want to do to me. Yeah, you want me keep to go. you there until you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy peasy. Easy breezy beautiful. Cover girl. I had to. I had to. So the former DeFeo home at 112 Ocean Avenue became notorious as the murder house and sat empty for nearly a year until George and Kathy Lutz moved in with their three kids and a dog. So at $80,000, the property was a steal. In addition to the six-bedroom home, there was a heated pool, a bathhouse on the Amityville River. But the Lutzes still found it a financial stretch. So, like, this Lutz family didn't have much money to begin with. So, like, even though this house, like was basically an amazing deal with all these different things like they still couldn't afford it like it was still it was still a lot for them to afford it which i get yeah it's probably hard upkeep too like honestly with a whole river outside your bedroom what the heck a heated pool though kind of nice kind of vibe but the Lutzes move in and the haunting begins. This is where, like, the whole haunting story comes to play. Ooh. So the story of what happened to the Lutz family over 28 harrowing days in December 1975 and January 1976 has been retold many times and has morphed slightly with every telling. In all versions, there is a local Catholic priest who the Lutzes asked to bless the house due to its earlier reputation. So according to one story... The priest sensed a sinister presence in one of the upstairs bedrooms and warned the Lutzes not to sleep in that room. So can you imagine if, like, some guy comes to bless the house casual and he's like, you don't want to sleep in there. Don't go in that room. Like, um, okay, I won't. I won't. I won't live here. Thank you. That's so gross. That would freak me out so bad. That kind of gives me, like, a, um homages to a lot of like horror movies and stuff too where they're mm-hmm. like that room don't go up there don't like don't go, go to the there. attic yeah kind of don't stuff. go in the basement like don't go in the basement I won't. yeah thanks for letting me know mm-hmm. i don't really, go in I the garage go don't go in the in the mm-hmm. what's the place where men go to hang out the basement man, the man cave man don't cave. go to the man cave i was like the basement i don't know where men go <laughs> well, i look like a man no i don't know what so, in the book, the priest felt a sharp slap on his face and heard a groaning voice scream, get out. In the movie, the priest was also attacked by a swarm of flies. Work. So, <laughs> that is... Work. That's one of the creepiest things I ever watched growing up was that scene in the Amityville Horror when, like, the priest is, like, scared out of the house by flies. It's like little bees, uh, like we were talking about before oh. the episode started. We had, we had bee bits before the episode began. Yeah, we should but, save them for this thing. Yeah, darn, it stings. Wow. We had to buzz off that idea. Um, that's, that's a double layer joke. That's like fly and good. bee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, maybe I scared of flies when I was little because I was like, well. <laughs> you going to say bees? <laughs> I, like, I like bees. bees. I, I saw on your face you were going to say bees. I was bees. like, no, I cannot say bees. Bees are beautiful. But yeah, flies really freaked me out when I was younger. And even to this day, if I see more than like three flies in my apartment, I'm like, great, it's possessed. Mm-hmm. Because that's like a sign of like something evil or sinister living in your house. A bunch of flies. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. What if you have a fruit fly infestation? I think that's different. Because I've also evil. looked up that. But like if you... <laughs> You've looked up our fruit flies evil. Well, because we had a fruit fry, fruit fry, fruit fly problem like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Not this we year. Take that, Satan. But yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, buzz off. Buzz off, Beezlebub, Buzzlebub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotcha there, son. So, You're yeah. able to get your joke in. <laughs> I got my Buzzlebub. 
I hate Satan, by the way. But I just don't want to say I that, don't. you know, because I think that's a thing that you, like, summon him. And I don't want that. I don't want that. But, yeah, I'm afraid of flies because of that movie. Didn't know that. You're now welcome. I know something to, uh, you know. If you bring a fly into my apartment, you will never come back. That party you're having a few days from now, I'm going to bring I'm gonna bring a giant uh, mason jar of flies. Good luck catching those. It. I feel like you're wasting your time. I'm just going to buy them from If you the really want to do that, good luck, but that's not happening. I could probably do it. They probably sell, like, a thing of flies at, like, the pet store. Probably. For, like, lizards or something to eat. Don't bring that in my house. Well. You'll never be welcome back. It'll be a very fine Valentine's Day. It's Palentine's Day. Isn't it cute? It's about to be flying times day. Wow. It's wow. about to be buzzing times day. Be busy, busy, Is that busy. working? It's going to be a busy day. <laughs> tee Back to the case. So naturally, paranormal investigators wanted to get involved and visited the house in droves. Among them were the famous couple Ed and Lorraine Warren. So nothing out of the ordinary was ever noticed by those who visited the house outside of a photo that was taken that was claimed to be the ghost of one of the young murdered DeFeo children. So there's like this iconic photo that's supposed to be like one of the kids that had passed Mm. in the house that they had taken. So, many, though, claim that it was more likely a member of the team and was probably a hoax, like part of the paranormal investigative team, like, trying to pull a fast one or something. Whoa. So, some people think it's a hoax. Lorraine Warren said she could feel a presence telling CNN in a 2005 interview that what happened in the house was, quote, the personification of evil, how evil can personify itself, how it can be attracted in certain situations. Right. So, like, she is a clairvoyant, as we've talked about in the past episode, that she's very sensitive to different things. And in this house, it was very clearly, like, there's something evil living here. and She's not comfortable being there. Like, the presence just decided to welcome itself there. It's just, like, a cesspool for, like, Mm -hmm. all that evil. And she was just not comfortable. Mm. So, after the priest blessed the house, that is when the really weird stuff began to happen. Doors slamming open and shut at all hours. A persistent coldness in the house, despite mm. roaring fires in the fireplace. It's me. I'm gonna have a blanket right now. But <laughs> yeah, 70 degrees outside. <laughs> it's cold. You can feel my cold hands. But yeah, so they'd have like all these roasting fires in the fireplace, trying desperately to keep this place warm. Uh, drops of gelatinous goo. So in some versions, it's like a red goo, and other versions, it's a green goo, and sometimes it's black. So sometimes the goo is black. There's, like, different options. But I'm like, if I saw any of that goo in my place, I'd be like, there's something I feel like wrong. green would be the it for me. Green. Like, red, I'd be like, okay, blood. Black, okay. I'd be like, okay, oil. But green? I just had the scariest flashback to my dream last night. I had the dream I had last night. Can someone please tell me if this was a movie? Because I swear this was a plot of a movie. Because I watched, like, in my brain, I was like, this is something that I've seen before. Yeah. But in this dream... I go through, I'm like, it wasn't me. I was, like, watching. I was, like, omniscient, whatever. And there was two kids, like, inside of this house. And, like, a bunch of, like, wacky stuff happened to them, like, being chased by, like, demons and, like, just mm-hmm. a bunch of creepy stuff. Couldn't really place it. And then at the at the end of the episode, at the end of my <laughs> dream, what had happened was it, the whole entire, like, world, like, fades. Like, they're, like, in this big wooden house. And in the wooden house, you eventually see, like, all this mold decaying the house and oh. then i found out at the end of the dream that the entire time those kids were alive they were actually dead and didn't oh. realize they were alive and they died from poisoning of mold i don't know what you're talking about that sounds but like crazy, is that a though. movie can someone please tell me if, is a, if it oh isn't a movie God. don't take the idea because it's my dream 
It's going to be copyrighted right I'll now. I'll put a trademark in the description yeah, of this. Yeah, trademark to <laughs> Tiffany's dreams. But yeah, if it is actually a movie, can someone please tell me? Because I tried to look this up today and I found nothing except like do- mold documentaries about like people getting mold poisoning or whatever it's you're called. You're like, I don't want to hear about that. Like, I don't want to hear that. But like, Unless is that an actual movie? for your movie. Exactly. But yeah, this gelatinous goo reminded me of my mold dreams. So. Oh my God. Creepy. I guess that, that this is like a weird like circling back to that, but I could see like how the green goo could be like mold too, like kind yeah. of that idea. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking like green gelatin, that, jello. Well, that's what it's making it sound like. It's yeah. a very like just very, uh, gelatinous. Very blob. Yeah, like, very much like Goosebumpsy. Yeah, green, what's like? Yeah, the slime, the slime, or like Nickelodeon the Nickelodeon slime. slime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're getting slimed in the house. <laughs> Can you imagine the, the family? What? No, the wait, the priest, the, <laughs> the priest, priest walks slimed. in and he gets. Slimed. He's actually on a Nickelodeon set. He's at the Nick Choice Awards. One of the Kids Choice Awards. You, the priest, are getting slimed. He's holding his award like this. Like, thank you, Kids Choice <laughs> the Awards. Orange inflatable thing. <laughs> I'd like to thank um, God. I'd like to not thank Satan, though, because he sucks. That's exactly what he would say, Mr. Priesty Guy. And then like, he gets slimed. Thank you so much uh, to the ghosts of the house. I will yeah. be exercising you later today. Later today, those will be exercised, taken real good care of. Uh, thanks for coming. Have a good night. That's exactly what he would say. I can't get this image out of my head now this that they're getting slimed. This to happen, though. Oh, my god! But, yeah, it's happened in that house. They definitely watched not the Kids' great. Choice Awards, then. They just got inspired. It's some timeline. They um, time-traveled forward, Yeah. got the idea, and went back in time and went, Oh, you know what would be a good idea? That's just like a ghost story. Yeah. They can time travel in that movie. They can travel to the future to watch yeah. the Kids' Choice Awards and slime them. They're choosing the right thing to look into the future for, <laughs> you know? That's the thing I'd go for, the Kids' Choice Awards. But only Ghost? only the year that Jack Black hosted, though, because that year slapped. Mm, right? It did. Am I right? That Was year Kung slapped. Was Panda out already? I think so. I believe mm-hmm. so. But yeah. Mm. So, Goo. <laughs> So it would appear on the walls and the carpet. One night, Kathy transformed into an ugly nine-year-old, ninety-year-old woman. Nine-year-old, all those those old ugly nine-year-old women. But yeah, it was a ninety-year-old woman. But before in this article, it had given ugly some orphan. Ugly orphan. No, 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 no. It called her some weird name for an ugly old woman, and I did not recognize what it called her. So I changed her to Babushka. nine-year-old woman. No, it was sort of the C. I want to say it was like a. A crone. It was called a crone. Oh. I didn't know what a crone was. I don't know what that is, but it's an old woman. So mm. she turned into this 90-year-old ugly woman. Very scary. And then another instance was the face of the demon-eyed pig that is said to appear. It appeared in the bedroom window. So imagine looking out a window, you see a red-faced little demon pig Absolutely staring not. at you. That's when you, Big no. you, certain, you just leave the state. You run away. You run away and you mm-hmm. hope for the best. So they saw that out the window. And then on their final night in the house, George reported that Kathy levitated and slid off of the bed. So, like, he saw her off of the bed and she just <laughs> slid off of it. So while George was kept awake all night by the sound of the children's bed slamming on the floors above him, flickering lights. What? Yeah, so he was hearing like their beds being taken off the ground and slammed Just back boom, into the boom, floor. Boom, boom, boom. And then yeah. and then and then someone comes in and slimes them and goes, "Gotcha." Yeah, I was just joshing ya. It's just a ghost story. So yeah, so he kept hearing all of that, the flickering lights and the unseen presence lurking in the room. So he felt like a presence in the room that like freaked him out really bad. Oh my god. So the next day, the kids were awoke, traumatized, saying they were unable to move or leave their rooms. So not only was he hearing their beds slam 
all over the floor in the middle of the night. Yeah. It was almost as if they were having some sort of sleep paralysis and couldn't move in their sleep. So, like, oh my whatever God. was attacking them, they couldn't run away from it until they awoke in the morning. That's crazy. So, imagine just being, like, traumatized in your sleep by that. That kind of ties back to, like, our past episodes when we did sleep paralysis yeah. and stuff, too. Like, that's crazy. I don't remember if we talked about actual ghosts, like... I think we did, actually, how we actual briefly. ghosts would, like, possess you or something. Yeah. Like, that's what is crazy. sleep paralysis? What is an actual, like, demon? And in this yeah. situation, like there was very clearly something else affecting what was going on paranormally so the Lutzes terrified and exhausted couldn't take it anymore on January 14th 1976 they left everything behind at 112 Ocean Avenue never to return so like this whole sequence of events was enough for them I think it was 28 days and they were like okay we have to get out of here because it is not safe for us to be here we gotta go so that then created the creation of the Amityville myth so, mm. soon after the Lutzes abandoned the house, they met with William Weber, the lawyer who had represented Ronald DeFeo, the convicted killer. So, like, oh. the guy who had done all the murders in that house, this was the... They wanted to know, like, what he knew, because mm-hmm. he was lawyer. so developed. Oh. Yeah, like, this guy would have more information for us. So, Weber, it turned out, was already shopping around the idea of a book about the DeFeo mur- murders called The Devil on My Back. So, like, for whatever reason, this lawyer was like yeah i'm gonna write a book about all of this so because he has all the information so according to weber he and the lutzes had a creative brainstorming session over many bottles of wine so like i feel like that's when it comes into play of like maybe they could have stretched some truth in this book because i've heard like little clips of the book and i'm like hmm, maybe they were stretching it a little bit maybe they were trying to pull someone's leg but like i do think most of it was fact but yeah. they the, gotta get they gotta reach the the page quota somehow. Yeah, and like trying just to get just, more people to lying. buy it. Like the crazier right. it is, the more people are gonna buy it. Right. They and, need like that one like uh, banger quote from it or yeah. like something for the reviews. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, I feel like there was an interview that I was watching that Ed and Lorraine Warren were talking about like some of the stuff in the book and how it could have been like exaggerated. And one of the instances in the book was that the banister in the living room had like exploded. Mm. Yeah. And that was, like, something that had happened. And then when Ed and Lorraine Warren had went into the house, the banister was, like, actually gone. So, like, it could have been something that was real, but Ed just and Lorraine... Just exploding Like, sounds... just exploded. And Ed and Lorraine yeah. Warren even said, like, it could have been something that a paranormal, like, what for better lack of term, like, a mani- manifested, like, a visual thing for them to see. Yeah. Like, they saw an explosion, but it was more of, like, a paranormal trick of something. Yeah. Rather than, trick like, of a, the eye. trick of the eye. Like, it definitely mm-hmm. got, like, destroyed, but I feel like the explosion they saw was more something in the right. paranormal realm. And even Ed and Lorraine Warren said the same thing. Yeah. So, like... And what if it was, like, a tool also? Like, what if, like, yeah. I don't know, like, what if the ghost was throwing objects at the mm-hmm. banister and it just looks like it just exploded out of nowhere? Yeah. Like... Did they throw a projectile so fast it just went poof? Exactly. Like, there's definitely stuff they could have stretched, and Rain Warren even said that, even though they obviously believe it because they are literal paranormal investigators and they believe right. all of it. But, yeah. yeah, they were like, yeah, some stuff could have been stretched for this. So the Lutzes shared the story of the unsettling things that they felt and saw at the house, and Weber shared details about the DeFeos and the killing that only he knew. So Weber then claimed that several of these details were spun into the book and the movie. Weber told the Lutzes that a neighbor's cat would peer into the DeFeo's window at night. So that, people believe that's what became, like, the red-eyed pig. 
like would be the cat with the red eyes looking in the window so like people Ooh. could have exaggerated the idea oh that it wasn't a pig it was just some cat yeah like, but also hey. one how big was the cat that you thought it was a pig yeah and a cat is also very different than a pig unless the cat has very no different fur. shapes yeah They're, like even the fattest of cats like, i don't even think are even pig-like yeah like I could see little if, if you just faces. saw red eyes, I guess. But like, if you just saw red eyes, I could literally be anything. Or if you're seeing like a snout and like whatever, yeah. like in the moonlight, uh, uh-uh. uh. No, no, yeah. no. Like, I will say very, very different things. I will say you definitely can at like nighttime, like look outside and like, especially like when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was like ten, I would look outside in the dark and like I would start <laughs> making stuff up. I'm yeah. like, all right. There's a monster watching yeah. me, and then there's, like, no monster at and all. And I feel so. like if their fear was also so elevated to the point that, like, anything yeah. would freak them out really bad in this house, yeah. and then seeing something like that, I feel like they could see yeah. something different. I don't know. But I feel like a cat yeah. is very different Pig imagery pig. is, like, huge, though, in, like, in the demonic. demonic. So, yeah. like, I feel like they definitely saw a pig, and this guy was just like, well, there was a cat that wandered around. <laughs> So like it's like the tiniest, skinniest cat yeah, you've ever seen. I'm like, like okay, there's your pig. Cats and pigs are quite different, my guy, <laughs> but you do you. So it would peer into the window at night, so that became the idea of the red-eyed pig. Ronald DeFeo's father had once smacked his mother while she held a plate of red sauce spaghetti, so that became the red, like, mysterious goo on the wall. So people think, like, this imagery that they're seeing is kind of like, I think we've talked about it before, how there can be certain things that are, like, stuck in a time period that... Did I tell, we talked about this before? Yeah. How, like, there can be certain things from, like, a traumatic event that can stay into a place. Yeah. So, like, the idea of, like, the red sauce spaghetti becoming the red goo on the wall. Right. Or, like, this cat that used to wander around being a pig, like, manifesting yeah. itself manifesting itself into different forms. Right. So, like, that could be a thing. Just, like, the trauma of the yeah. space Yeah, just, like, something. releasing that, like, uh, anger and, like, sadness and, like, reforming yeah. it that goes across all time and space, mm-hmm. kind of. Like, projecting itself into a different yes. timeline yeah. to express the trauma of it. Yeah. So, all these different things that became the mis- mysterious red goo on the wall and morphed into green slime bubbling from keyholes. So, like, stuff like that, which this also sounds very similar to, like, um, Poltergeist, mm. if you've seen Poltergeist. If you haven't, go watch it and... You showed me clips of it. Yeah, we Nuts. have seen clips of Nuts. it. So yeah, this sounds very similar to like stuff from Poltergeist. Even the banister exploding. I think that isn't that not in Poltergeist. Someone no, tell I think me. It, I think it might be. I'm I think pretty sure right. the banister also exploded towards in that the film. end, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, I'm seeing I'm seeing some stuff coming in. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say before. What was it? Like you mentioned yeah. the uh, whole thing about the repeating part. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's what I was gonna say was the. Um, Train of thought. Oh my god. Um yeah. How, like, sometimes, like, maybe those ghosts didn't even know that they were, like, haunting them, because they yeah. just kept repeating the trauma over and over again in their mm-hmm. head. Like, it's possible, like, that's the memory they decided to latch onto and they can't cross over, so mm-hmm. when, you know, that's been in ghost movies before, like, yeah. when you think, uh... Oh, yeah, they're trying to hurt me. It's like, no, they just keep repeating this pattern yeah. until they feel satisfied with the outcome. They're just repeating the trauma, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we definitely did talk about that before. I just want to add that little note in there, because, yeah. like, that, that's very possible with, like, you said with the spaghetti and, like, mm-hmm. the goos and stuff. Like, and, like, it even goes back to, like, even a couple minutes ago, we were talking about, um, 
well, a little while ago, we talked about Ghost Story, and that has the same idea of, like, playing with timelines and being trapped in, like, time itself in, like, a yeah. loop. That's, like, the same idea of that yeah. movie. So, like, if you're a ghost, possible. it doesn't really matter where your matter is. It just kind of exists. It's yeah, just kind of there. It exists. Across everywhere. And the same way with the room, how they're mm-hmm. like, don't go into this room. That room could just be... It holds it. Everything. Yeah. And this house obviously holds a lot of terrible stuff. Even if whoever out there is like, yeah, I don't believe in ghosts, I don't believe in whatever... It's undeniable that, like, this house holds, like, tragedy and, like, true horror because of what happened there. Yeah. So, like... You can still feel that emotional heaviness yeah, even if there are no spirits. You can still feel the heaviness of the past, like, haunting it regardless of if it's a ghost yeah. or if it's... It's part of the foundation of yeah, the Yeah, it's now. the truth. So, yeah. it, it's really creepy. But, um... In this interview, it said, We took real-life incidents and transposed them, said Weber in 1988. In other words, it was a hoax. So, like... This guy, the, what's he called, the, what is he, lawyer, the lawyer the says lawyer. this is a hoax. So, like, who believes a lawyer anyway? I don't <laughs> believe in a hoax. I could hoax it a little bit up, but I feel like there's definitely Like, he's saying, true. like, oh, yeah, like, we went with the whole he's crazy because of a ghost thing, because that's the only way I could get him out. But, yeah. But uh, I didn't believe any of it to begin with, basically, yeah. is what he's saying. but... I feel like he just didn't believe it all. So Weber and the Lutzes parted ways after a fight over how much money from the book deal would be split. So, like, mm. I feel like this one guy, he's just in it for the money. Weber's in it for the money. The, the Warren Files cases and, like, these book series, I swear. Money. I mean, I, I sort of, I kind of get it after the fact that you're like, I lived through this and people want to hear it. I better make some coin. Like, you do you. But this Weber guy, yeah. why, I don't know why he wants involved in this so bad because he literally knew the trauma of that entire experience prior to, like, mm-hmm. any of the Lutz family. Like, he was... He didn't live there. Yeah. He didn't live there. He didn't get slimed. He didn't get slimed. But the thing is, why would he want any part of it, considering he was the lawyer for the guy who, like, committed all these murders? Yeah. Like, why does he want any part in this house after it? That Why are you being so, like, yeah, like, um... Yeah. Money no, hungry exactly. and weird. I don't like yeah. this guy. So they parted ways after this fight. So the Lutzes took their story to Jay Anson, who was a journalist and filmmaker who had made a short documentary on the making of The Exorcist. So, like, he started finding different people. So Anson listened to 35 hours of taped interviews with the Lutzes. Then he sat down and wrote the book, says Bartholomew. The best way to describe Jay Anson is a writer who didn't let the facts get in the way of a good story. So, like, it's very easy he could have stretched a few things to make the story better. Yeah, try to um, connect parts in it to make it more narratively yeah. sound. Yep. Which, if you're going to do that, like, say you're going to do that, don't say, like, this is a true story. Inspired by true events. Yeah, I'm like, can you just make it correct? Based on for, a true story. For my brain, can you just make it all correct? So, mm-hmm. Writer's Digest published a terrific interview with Anson in 1979, and soon after, the book and movie deal had made him fabulously wealthy. He was famously elusive about the truthfulness in his account. So, he said, It's funny. Almost nobody ever says to me, Hey, that book of yours is a bunch of bull. I don't believe a word of it. Instead, they ask if I think what the Lutz has told me is true, said Anson. And I answer them the same way that I answered you when you asked the question. I tell them that I have no idea whether the book is true or not, but I'm sure that the Lutzes believe what they told me to be true. Mm. So, regardless of where this guy stands, he's saying, like, I think they believe what they're saying. Yeah. Like, regardless of how much everyone else has tried to stretch something, they're speaking from a place of truth. Yeah. Like, they fully think, like, what happened happened. It's not like a lie. It's not like a scam like yeah the, the, and you can tell like when people mm-hmm. oh like gosh, are being truthful and they like you know yeah like and honestly like this guy 
like, regardless of what he's in it for, I feel like I respect him a lot more than I did the other guy who was trying to make a quick buck off of it. This Anson guy, like, I feels like he, like, he's like, yeah, I mean, they believe it's true, so who am I to say they didn't? It's their experience. And I'm like, yeah. good for you. It's about time mm-hmm. someone has that, some, some like, same mentality. Because this was the same idea that came up in the Perrin family episode that yeah. everyone was like, those filthy liars, they just want money. Yeah. I'm like, well, well it was true to them. We went through it. It was we, true to them. Literally, yeah, we went through that. Like, I was going to comment on that. We talked about that during that episode with mm-hmm. the parent family, how it was like, even like with the older sister, I think it was yeah. like, regardless of what did or didn't happen, she still went through a trauma. Yeah. And like, it, was real there was, it was real to her. Yeah. Like, and even if, honestly, even if this was not ghosts or whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. like for like this, these young family for these young kids to be growing up, like, right after... Growing up in this house, right after something like that happened... Yeah. Would you not be really freaked out and traumatized to be like, Okay, Mom, here we are, I'm moving into this yeah. house. Well, we talked about that. Like, was yeah. it a coping mechanism, too? Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's I, another part As a part child, of it. if I were to move into a place like that, I'd be very freaked out. And oh, I don't know yeah. if they knew what had happened there at that age, but I'm sure the parents did. Yeah. And, but also, you know what yeah. it's like to be, like, a kid... And, like, parents think you can't hear them talk sometimes, yeah, and you absolutely you can. you can hear them, like, so... I've heard my parents talk about, like, ghost stories, like, when we've been to Gettysburg, or, like, mm-hmm. other stuff, but they try to be, like, kind of Hush, hush about like, it. they don't want to, like, scare us, and it's like, I can literally hear you. Like, it makes like, children want to listen more when you're making it so secretive. Right. And I'm sure if the kids already felt a vibe, then, like, mm-hmm. they knew. They knew. So... Mm-hmm. Bartholomew is convinced that the Lutzes abandoned the house because they couldn't keep up with the mortgage and tax payments and created the haunting story as an excuse and a lucrative mm-hmm. side hustle. So this is like the same idea we talked about in yeah. the parent family episode as well, that it's a tax more, credit. it's a poorer family and for them to like keep up with all these payments and things, they made up the lie to pay for it. That seems to be the theory about any of these like haunted houses yeah. and stuff. Because that comes up in The Watcher too. Yeah. Like- but also <laughs> to play a little devil's advocate. How poor is poor in their eyes? Because if you're looking at, well, if you're looking at one of us respectfully. I'm I'm not well off, but in yeah. this sort of story, they would they call me poor? Who, yeah, like what are they saying? What, what elitist or like class system are we working off? Yeah, of too? because they clearly had enough to buy an eighty thousand dollar house, which a like, nice house which, too. The Amityville house is pretty yeah, nice, like eighty thousand dollars. Like even at that time, I'm sure it was worth even more. So like they yeah. were well off enough. To afford yeah. an $80,000 house. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they could easily... Well, not easily, I mean, Same with, like, the it. Watcher house, too. I mean, mm-hmm. the Watcher house is not, like, the one in, like, the show. It's, like, way yeah. more expensive. But, like, even the Watcher house is, like, really yeah. nice. Yeah, but they always try to make the excuse. Like, they were poor and wanted money. But I'm like, oh, well, they afforded an $80,000 house. They can just sell it and yeah. get their money back. Yeah. I don't know. That's my personal humble exactly. opinion. But um, they said they wanted to make some money off it. Money off of it, says Bartholomew, who co-authored a 2016 article in a skeptic magazine, which called this a myth. So he thought it was a myth. Mm -hmm. So for their part, the Lutzes never retracted their story, like ever. They never took it back. They said what they said and they thought it was correct. Yeah. So our critics are people who've never been in the house, just people who read the book, Lutz told the Washington Post in Mm. 1979. No one who was ever in the house who investigated it ever called it a hoax. So like... Clearly, these people thought it was true, even the people who weren't a part of the Lutz family, which is saying yeah. a lot. So, no one with any credentials who was personally involved ever called it a hoax. No one who was helping us there with the auction, with getting stuff to the Salvation Army, ever called it a hoax. All the people who, like, helped donate their stuff after, oh. no, like, no one called it a hoax. So, all I know yeah. is what happened to me, is what he had said. 
Exactly. Live so, your truth. Live your truth. He's very confident in what he said. And I'm like, yeah. well, who are we to stop you, Good my guy? You. Good for you, as you should be. So, although some may believe this is a hoax, an in-depth interview with the Warrens gives more insight to the genuine fear felt by George Lutz and the rest of his family. So, I'm going to roll a clip Ooh. from an exclusive interview where the Warrens talk about this. So, okay. Yeah, what? Well, you can talk quick before. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. I think, okay. I was on the Mystery Files YouTube page today. Oh, I know. I was I was like, I'm watching the Mystery Files, so you probably saw it all. I didn't see, I didn't know what we were doing, but I saw a black Lawrence. and white picture, and I, I immediately clicked off. I went, oh, Tiffany's on the Mystery Files one research yeah. thing. I was like, I can't, I can't I be on the page right I now. I watched so many things on it, and I went, oh, no. Logan well, I mean, I've accidentally... See. I've actually watched Drag Race. You've watched all it. the Drag Race. All the watch history is Drag Race. I'm not opposed, <laughs> but like I knew that you were gonna see what I was doing. But I'm, I'm glad you didn't really the TikTok look. too. I keep forgetting. I'm like, <laughs> wait, I'm on the Mystery Files one. I have oh, to switch off. I don't have the login so, to that anymore, so I have to get it. So okay, do what you want. On That's just so files. funny to me. But I just wanted yes. to bring that up because I saw that earlier today yeah. when I went eek. eek. <laughs> so yes, this is the interview that Logan saw but didn't know what it was. Great. So I'm gonna play this little clip about talking about George Lutz, so just hold one second. Lorraine had this feeling that she should call on him to help us in this house. Mm -hmm. And we didn't even know how bad it was that day, but as she said, George Lutz wouldn't even go to that home. He said, there's no way I'm going into the house. And when I asked him at this restaurant where we met him, I said, Mr. Lutz, what happened to you in that house? He didn't say anything. He just looked at me. He said, you know. I said, I don't know, Mr. Lutz. I said, what happened to you in the house? He looked at me again. He said, you know. I said, I really don't know. I was getting a little irritated because I wanted to find out what kind of experiences this man had. But he was actually afraid to talk about what happened for fear mm -hmm. that would happen again. Mm -hmm. Because at his mother-in-law's house at Deer Park, when Kathy himself and the mother-in-law would start talking about what happened there, things would happen in the house at Deer Park. In Be fact, because George of the and recognition. Kathy levitated in that house, too. Yes, they levitated. They, they, levitated oh, yes. Both, they, they had phenomena follow them from Amityville. Now, Tony, we know this happens. We know that even ourselves involved in research, that you go to a location where haunting phenomena is going on, active phenomena, and you leave and go home, and you give it a lot of recognition, you, or you listen to the tapes, and like while you're still programmed, then it, something you can, can come to you. Yes. So that was like Ooh. one clip of them talking about it. Also, I was so freaked out when they literally talked about how yeah they went to this other house and it followed them there too. Yeah, no. I was the, like, mm -mm. when they said the levitating thing, I went, yeah, what? They levitated there too. Oh my god! So like it followed them there, which absolutely yeah. freaks me out because yeah, if you have something following me, it stresses me out so bad. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, yeah. that's wild that the evil from there, like, followed them, like, through. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's almost like they're, like, a part of that history. That came up in the parent family one, too, that, mm -hmm. like, they felt like they were still, like, um, being haunted. Yeah, like, there was no way to, to get it. it off of them. Oh, my God. So, and then I have one more clip of this interview to share. So, in this clip, the Warrens go more into how um, people were truly affected by this and that even to the Lutz children, this was very real. So, it's going to talk mm -hmm. about the Lutz children in this little clip. So let me find the right time for you. In fact, 
a lot of people were very badly affected that night, that very first night in the home. Mm -hmm. So the next picture, I think we're going to see George and Kathy. Yes, there's George I and Kathy. I want you to look at this guy, Tony. Does he look like a guy that you'd want to fool around with? No, no way. not at all. No. George is a rough, tough guy, yes. and he doesn't leave behind everything he owns in this world just no. on a fluke or on a hope that somebody might write a book about a haunted house. No, mm -hmm. that's for Kathy sure. Kathy was as beautiful as he was tough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even today, uh, she's a very religiously oriented woman. <coughs> mm -hmm. The Lutz family, if our viewers out there could know them as Lorraine and I knew them, we lived with them for two weeks out in California. They are a beautiful family. Oh, now, how yes. many children did they have? They had three at the time. They okay. have since had two more children. But Kathy, these were the first three, Tony, were oh. Kathy's children. Okay, there they are. Yes, there's Chris and John and Missy. Now, Missy, the little girl in the middle, to talk to these young children as they would talk to Ed and I, very candidly sharing things with us, they were terrified of what was in that house. Mm -hmm. But the little girl, the youngest of the three children, was very candid about talking about her friends in Amityville, and what she was referring to would be this Jody the pig and like that that would come in and sit on the rocking chair in her room and rock. To her, they were friends. Now keep in mind that when we go into a home, you know, these people are telling us these horrible stories, but we have to ourselves experience this before we accept it. Right. We have to see it. We have to feel it. We have to know it's there before we say yes. This home is haunted, mm -hmm. and this home was not haunted by anything human. No. It was inhuman. Many people ask us about that. It was inhuman, and then they say, well, uh, people went in there later and lived there, and nothing ever happened to them. Well, who's to say that the house was not exercised? So, basically, he goes Whoa. on to say, like, it wasn't haunted by something human. It was haunted by something inhuman. So... As we know in our many haunting stories, of course, that means it's haunted by a demon. A and demon. so it also goes to show, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, the first guy, like, the guy who had, like, done this to his family, he had yeah. said, like, there was a demon telling him to do this stuff. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that is the truth. I don't want to say either way, because either way, what he did was messed up. Just yeah. saying. But... It could give some sort of validity that something evil was there that was telling yeah. him to do this stuff. Especially with, like, how, like, they were talking about, like, what the interviews and what they were saying, yeah. too. That's crazy. Like, there was definitely something demonic and not human there. Like, the yeah. kids saw something. The kids felt something. Yeah. Like, it was very real to them as well. Did, did they say the pig is named Jody? Jody? Jody the pig. Jody the pig. Which I'm pretty sure the ghost in, like, the 2005 version was named Jody. There's, like, a ghost of a little oh, girl. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure the ghost of the little girl in the movie's name is Jody. I'm, like, oh. pretty positive. That's a that's a pretty smart like Easter egg to put yeah, in. Yeah, something crazy. small. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Jody the demon pig. I'm like, mm, why did she name it? Did she name it Jody or to go? They, I'm Jody kid. Oh the, god. With all the Conjuring spinoffs they've been doing and like everything, mm -hmm. they need to now make a like a, a Jody the pig movie. Jody the pig. <laughs> I'd watch. I'd buy. Honestly, I'd sit down that sounds for it. like wasn't there like a creepy pig movie that came out before? I feel like I can see the poster for it. Mm, are you talking about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and yeah, Honey? Yeah, maybe it's yeah, because Piglet, Honey. Piglet's oh, Piglet. like ready to kill. Piglet's I need to see to that kill. movie still. I think it's I out. feel like it might ruin for me because I love yeah, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I, I really. Can't I'll let you know sadness. how it is. I'll let you yeah, know. Yeah, let me know. 
Yeah. But yeah, those are both from an interview. If wow. you want to hear like more interviews from Amityville Horror House and like other stuff with the Warrens, yeah. that's from a YouTube channel called At Warrenology. And okay. they have a ton of like hour long episodes of the mm. Warrens just doing interviews and it's crazy. Whoa. So that's what you saw on your on the YouTube channel. Send me the link for it and then we'll like put it yeah, in the description. I, th- I think of this I'm gonna episode. also try to cut some of the like cut the interview and put it okay, so people cool, can see yeah. it too. Because they talked about nice. certain photos that like people wouldn't know what they look like. So yeah. it'll be there for you. Nice. You'll know. But yeah, so it's on that YouTube page if you want to check it out and wow. like watch more of it. That was really interesting. I feel like that'd be even fun to like listen to passively too, like, yeah. like almost like a podcast too. Mm-hmm. It that'd was be so really hard fun. to like pick little parts. I'm like, it has to be like what I'm talking about, but also there was some stuff I was like, wow. Like, like this is so interesting. Yeah, like yeah. that interview is where they also talked about the whole banister thing yeah. and like they talked about a bunch of other stuff. So you know, that's crazy. I can't believe that is quote unquote like free. Like yeah. that's nuts. Like that we what? can go and like find that. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Like I'm not sure when that interview was from. I just know it was released in 1995 mm-hmm. because there was no like nothing showing when what the date of the release was. Just like that it was released to the public. Right. 1995. So. <sighs> wow. Very cool interviews. Go check them out. Nice. But yeah, that's basically all we have for today. Do you have any uh, final thoughts? Do you think this haunting was a hoax for the Lutz family to make a quick buck, or do you believe this was like a real haunting? Um. I don't think that they were doing it to make a quick buck. I think that it was truthful, especially with it following them to, like, another house and, Mm -hmm. like, everything. And I think I said this on the Perrin family episode, too. Um, I just able to convince children to scheme Mm -hmm. as well as the parents and everything is just not very viable as an option. They can't stick to that kind of truth. It's a lie. Yeah, and, like, at least, like, to to think about, like, when the kids got older, like, one of them would want to, in theory, sell out and, like, expose, like, those types of things. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's this big, like, family secret, like, type of thing. I think what they actually experienced was, um, uh, trauma from, like, tragedy that happened prior there. And, um, I don't know, I'm 100% for the ghosts are there theory because yeah. like we talked about before sometimes like there's just presences in places and that mm-hmm. takes up a lot of space and time and yeah. different things um do i think there might be people that say things are ghosts and they're not to try to sell a house probably oh, yeah. but mm-hmm. i doubt from the cases that we've covered that necessarily that's what's happening yeah as much mm-hmm. so yeah i think 100 percent Still, I'm still Team Ghost. Yeah, and are we surprised? I am also Team Ghost, because why would I not be? I just feel like this whole thing, like, everything is pointing towards it's not a hoax. Right. And, like, I know they did take part in, like, writing a book, but, like, also, why would you not want to get a few bucks from it? You know? Yeah. But But because it was true to them. You said also, like, about getting, like, the word out there, that Yeah, get the word out, like, Mm -hmm. this is something that happened to us, like... We're not going to let people tell us we're liars because this was so true to us. Like, right. they're trying to keep their name in the right because they experienced this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that house definitely has a history of evil stuff happening in it because obviously, yeah. like, the whole murder thing going on there. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the guy that did murder, like, his family, like, there definitely could have been something evil influencing him. But I feel like, obviously, yeah. your actions are your own unless he was possessed. Yeah. I don't know the situation either way. At the very least, bad. like, that is, like, factually true crime would happen yeah. there. So you can't deny the fact that, like, that house yeah. just does have, like, something that evil. horror a part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. There was exactly. evil living in it, rather, like, if it was evil, an entity that was mm-hmm. taking over him, or the evil that was 
him. Right. There was evil there, regardless. So I feel like that evil could definitely be transferred in time. Yeah. And that is what then became whatever... And we see that through yeah. all the other cases that are mm-hmm. a part of the Warren Files. Exactly. Whatever so. they're feeling is valid, and I feel like there's definitely haunting in this case, whether that's haunting of what truly happened in the past or, like, an actual paranormal haunting. Something was affecting these people. So mm-hmm. that's my humble opinion. But I just want to also give a quick update on what the house is now. So the Amityville Horror House today has a different house number to discourage horror fans to, like, go go after it and everything. So the house has been sold at least four times since the murders, and none of the newer owners... Yeah, four times. None of the newer owners have reported seeing any psychic phenomena, and it sold last in 2016 for $850,000. So, like, it's still got that money. So that's basically that experience there. So then... In conclusion, the true horrors of the Amityville Horror House are very real in the murderous tragedy of the DeFeo family. But did the horrors continue beyond this tragedy? Was his haunting a hoax? I guess we'll never know. I guess that the haunting of the Amityville Horror House will forever remain a A mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching. Yes, guys. This is a fun one. I really enjoyed that. I love the little tapes that we did with it, too. I'm glad that we got to get more into this case, because I know we briefly brought it up in so many different episodes, and Mm -hmm. I just wanted to, like, go deep into it. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it was very fun. Yeah. Please uh, check us out on the YouTube at The Mystery Files. Um, As well as, you know, the TikTok, the Instagram, linktree.com forward slash The Mystery Files. You nailed Um, it. Uh, in the description of this episode on either YouTube or wherever mm-hmm. you're streaming this podcast, go listen to those interviews as well. Yeah, go listen to the interviews. Yes. Also, the website that I got most of this information is from the HowStuffWorks.com history. So Come on, HowStuffWorks. HowStuffWorks.com. <laughs> so both yeah. of those were very, very helpful sources in this, and we thank all of them. Yeah. So thank you. And This was a wild, slimy ride. A wild, gooey ride. <laughs> so thank you, folks. We will see you next week for Logan's Case. At the Choice Kids' Choice Awards. At the Kids' Choice Awards. Yeehaw. Goodbye. Goodbye.